Hi, everybody. I'm Liz Nord. Welcome to the No Film School podcast. As filmmakers, our to-do lists to get films made can feel never-ending. So when we see opportunities to apply to somewhat mysterious events like fellowships and labs, it can feel like just another hassle to deal with. Even if we get in, how do we know that participating won't just be another distraction from finishing our films? My guests today would argue that these programs are well worth your while. They are some of the lucky few that have been invited to and attended some of the most elite labs and fellowships in the business, and found them profoundly rewarding. In fact, we met at the Camden International Film Festival run by the Points North Institute, where each of them was ultimately screening a completed film after having been through one or more of the Points North programs in the past. Those guests are Sierra Pettengill, whose film The Reagan Show won the Points North pitch in 2014 and went on to premiere at Tribeca this year, Sabah Folayan, whose film Whose Streets participated in the Points North pitch in 2015 and premiered at Sundance this year, and Jeff Unai, director of Cage Fighter, which won the Points North pitch in 2015 and went on to premiere at San Francisco International Film Festival. Our winding conversation covers a lot of ground about their own filmmaking journeys and pitching processes, and also elaborates why these experiences are of value to anyone trying to get a film made. Everything from relationships to mentorship to feedback to simply having space to cry. As a little primer, we categorize these opportunities into three main buckets. Pitches, where you get guidance on pitching your specific film and then get the opportunity to do so in front of high caliber industry pros. Labs or retreats, which are generally short getaways where you hole up with a small group of other filmmakers and mentors to work on a specific part of your project or skill set. And fellowships, which are much longer engagements that help you and your project over time. I have a good feeling that you'll leave the episode motivated to start applying to one of these opportunities for yourself and your film. So can you start by introducing yourselves and just telling us a little bit about the film you have here at Camden right now? I'm Sierra Pettengill, and I'm the co-director and the producer of The Reagan Show, which is an all-archival documentary about Ronald Reagan. I'm Sabah Falayan. I'm one of the directors of Who Streets, a documentary about the Ferguson uprising told by the people who lived it. Uh, I'm Jeff Unai, the director of The Cage Fighter. Uh, it's a story about Joe Carmen, who um, is a boilermaker out of Washington State, uh, and he goes back into fighting without telling his family. Um, so... This is a film about following that journey for about three years. Well, we today are talking about film fellowships, and I can you know, tell that you've all been through some sort of professional training because those, those elevator pitches are down. I'm, like, really impressed. <laughs> um, so, so which film fellowships or labs, Camden or not, have you all participated in? Um, I've done Camden was, I believe, the first one that I did. I've also done the Firelight Media Lab, which is for first and second time filmmakers from underrepresented backgrounds. Um, I did Chicken and Egg for women filmmakers. Um, which labs haven't I done? Um, I've done Sundance Edit and Story Lab, as well as Music and Sound Design. Um, and now I, I would be sad if I'm forgetting anybody. But those are the main... Those are the main labs. Hopefully, if I remember someone else, I'll, you know. The first um, pitch that we did for the Reagan show was here at the Camden Points North um, pitch session. We pitched at CPH Forum in Copenhagen. We were part of the Tribeca um, pitch meeting week. Um, I was at the Sundance 
producer's lab, um, and my co-director went to the Sundance Music and Sound Lab, and definitely forgetting something, but I think that's the majority of it. So um, with the Cage Fighter, I was able to go to the Points North uh, Pitch Forum, uh, also the TFI uh, Camden uh, Retreat here in Camden, hosted by CNN Films. We did that one too, sorry, forgot it. Um, and also pitched the film at IDFA and uh, went to the Sundance uh, Music and Sound Design Lab at Skywalker, yeah, which was, which was amazing. Well, so you've all actually done kind of a similar circuit with these. Were you there at the, at the same times or all at different times? Savannah and I were together at the, uh, the, the Sundance um, lab together. Yeah, it was amazing. The sound and music. Jeff, we were at we were in like a small breakout group together at the TFI meetings. I remember. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and your editor was my consulting editor, so and he was working on both projects simultaneously. I remember that was um, yeah at at Tribeca uh, at was that 2015 film festival 2014 Hard to say. maybe yeah <laughs> yeah I remember sitting at a table and uh, and Sierra you were there and I remember thinking wait she's a one of the producers on, you know, Cutie and the Boxer. Holy shit, you know. Sorry, probably shouldn't curse. But I remember thinking, oh, okay, I guess I have to actually make this film now because it's like a, it's supposed to be a real thing, so. Oh, that's way too kind. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And then I open my mouth and you're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I mean, we are going to get into the details of what the benefits of these things are, but I can already tell just from this little conversation that obviously one of the benefits is the connections you make and the, you know, the way you get to spend actual time with other filmmakers instead of just in passing. So I think the labs are all of these things, we've all sort of heard the names, but they feel very mysterious. Like most filmmakers I talk to don't really know what happens at a lab, what happens at a, a fellowship. So you've all done a lot of them, but can you give a general sense of like what even, what is it? What's the what's the difference between a pitch and a lab and a fellowship? Um, well, as someone who has had no film school, um, <laughs> these labs are really just a complete crash course for me. And they varied from being really broad in scope. Like I'd say the Firelight Lab was sort of a survey of the entire process of making a documentary from you know, development all the way through the creative, through distribution, and it was three retreats that took place over about 18 months. And then the Edit Lab at Sundance, for example, was about a week long, and that was really, really concentrated on workshopping specific sections of our rough cut with, you know, these really amazing professionals, working professionals in documentary. So each one can really range in scope and duration, but it's really about kind of shoring up the skills that you may need to finish your film. And a lot of them, I think, are geared toward first and second time filmmakers and people who wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity to kind of break into the industry. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the the this was the first film that I had done any of the kind of live pitching um, at the pitch forums. Um, and I think, and we did that very early on for the film. And I think there's a way that sometimes filmmakers can feel like, myself included, that that process of like writing a synopsis and coming up with a log line and um, being very pithy about what your film is is like separate work than making the film. And it can feel frustrating in that way. And making a trailer, it can just feel like a, a sort of secondary, distanced. Yeah. So, so all of this work of um, you know 
writing what feels like promotional materials before you've gotten very far with your film can feel like sort of unnecessary work. But I think particularly the um, pitch forum here at Camden, there was this very, like very intensive two-day um, workshopping. And the process of figuring out how to talk about the film was actually also the process of figuring out what the film was going to be. And I, I think that was really valuable work to do very early on, um, more, much more so than I realized. And, and being in a room full of, you know, there, were, there was someone from Tribeca Film Institute, there was someone from the Sundance Documentary Institute, um, there were very seasoned producers. And they were asking very tough questions and really making you refine what you're talking about and um, kind of losing all the generalities. And doing that um, at that point in the process, I think, clarified what the film was going to be. Making a documentary can be a really lonely process. I mean, extremely lonely to the point. I remember there were many nights where I was, you know, I, sh I shot this film primarily by myself. Um, and so I would be shooting this really, you know, these powerful moments within uh, this, this family's life and driving home and just feeling truly alone uh, with my thoughts and emotions. And, and so when you get to go to, a, you know, these events, you get to just be able to share those experiences and also have people around you that understand and you don't feel alone. And, and it takes a lot of people to finish a film. Um, to start a film is one thing, but to finish it, you need, a, you truly need an army and an army of people that really believe in what you're doing. Um, so really, really thankful for all the groups that have come out to support us. So when you're actually at something like, say, the Camden TFI retreat, what does that look like? What are you doing? How many people are there? I actually, I didn't get to go. My co-director went, so Jeff's going to have to take this one. <laughs> I, I got some, yeah, late night phone calls. What so those? <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like, you know, summer camp for you know, filmmakers. I never went to summer camp, but I've imagined that's probably what it feels like. Uh, you know, you just have a small group of filmmakers, you know, four or five or six folks bringing a film. And it, it's, you know, it's exciting, but also uh, quite intimidating because now is the time to actually show what you're, you're doing and really talking about it in depth. Um, and, and there's amazing mentors that are actually there to help you. And once you kind of realize that they're there to, to help and not, you know, <laughs> uh, like critique you? Uh, help you and critique you and and ask you really hard questions, um, all, all in service of, of making, you know, uh, your film or just giving you a, a chance to, like, think about some of the things that potentially would be coming and, and the questions that you will be asked in the future, you know. So what about, like, at the Sundance? Two of you did the Sundance, the music and sound design. So Sundance has a jillion labs, What's what what happens at that one? What's it like? That one was like for me. That was like being a kid in a candy store. I mean, you go to Skywalker Ranch, which is George Lucas's personal ranch, and his home is on one of the hills. And you've got the ET bikes laying around. You just kind of mm -hmm. hop on and leave them wherever you get off. And there's a pool, you know. So there's a certain element of like being completely insulated from the world. That's awesome. And it can also be a little bit jarring because you go from these situations where, you know, most of us, I think, are dealing with subject matter that can be painful or, you know, at best just ordinary. And then you go into these really extraordinary places and there's all these resources and there's every music and sound design toy you can imagine. And you get to write a song for your film and then have it recorded in this giant amphitheater with perfect acoustics and 
you know, it was really, really an amazing experience. And I think for me as a documentary filmmaker, it felt like getting a taste of like what like big fiction filmmakers probably go through in their processes. Um, <clears throat> but I think Sundance Labs in particular have a reputation for being very comfortable, very beautiful. I think they've really tried to pull you out of, like the process can be really stressful and really business oriented. You always have to have that other hat on of how are you gonna actually get it done. And I think Sundance in particular tries to pull you out of that and create some space for you to really just play creatively and see what's possible and connect with the fun aspects of the process. I would say it was the same for the Sundance Edit Lab as well, which was like, for me, one of the most rewarding and transformative creative experiences that I've ever had. I had um, Laura Poitras was there and uh, Robert Greene and Nels Bangreter and wow. Jonathan Oppenheim. I mean, it was just like a heavy hitter list of mentors and it was just us. And I think it was eight product projects total. So you had complete one-on-one -on -one access to them for like a week and they literally helped us through you know, some really instrumental decisions and not telling us what to do, but teaching us how to problem solve and how to kind of get a handle on what was working in our film, what wasn't, you know, I left that lab feeling like I was doing things on purpose more so than I had before. Um, so, yeah. Well, to that point, I mean, it sounds like that sort of mentorship and hands-on um, access to maybe more seasoned professionals is something you get at any of these experiences. So I'm wondering if anything stands out from any of them that you've done of like some advice you received or some feedback that you got that really shifted your project or shifted your mentality about the work. It's maybe a little different, but I, you know, I have more of a producing background than I do directing. And so this project was the first, it was my, the second film I directed, but it kind of, this was a larger scale, um, and so I think a lot of what I got from the mentorship was there was a mix of producers and directors and, and creative professionals from all different stripes. And there was a lot of kind of, and I was also producing this film and, and really supporting me in making that transition. Um, and I just remember being at the producer's lab at Sundance and I mean, this is just me also, but I like just did a lot of crying at that lab. And there's a way that Sundance in particular is like very holistic about treating you as like a fully formed person. So you're not just there as like a face of a project. It's, you know, who, what's your background? Where are you coming from? Where are you trying to go? Where are you in this process? What's the challenges aside from just creative challenges? Like what is your life and what's the structure of that and how can we help you? Um, in a in a larger, more human way, and I think um, that yeah, and I think there's a, for me at least there was as much um, interest in hearing what the challenges are as filmmakers on the behalf of an institution and an institution trying to be responsive to that. So there was this like incredible closed door meeting of of producers just airing the problems that we've had um, over the years and basically like very, you know, institutional players were there taking notes to try to figure out how they could adjust their systems to support us better. And that the, just being listened to in that way was a really special emotional feeling process. That feels profound. And I think a lot of our listeners will be pleased to hear that, like, these experiences aren't necessarily just about the select handful of you that get to go, but that these institutions, it sounds like, are trying to, like, raise the field up overall these pitch forums you know getting a chance to you know uh 
present the film to industry delegates and, and folks in the audience, you don't really even know who's in the audience. Um, there have been a few times where, you know, I was able to pitch either at IDFA or, or at uh, Points North here, and, uh, you know, folks in the audience would come up and, and want to help you out, you know, in different ways. I remember pitching at IDFA and uh, meeting um, Mike uh, Raisler from uh, CineReach, and he, had, he was there in the audience at the pitch. And afterwards, we just grabbed a beer and we just talked about filmmaking and, and kind of what Sierra was saying about, you know, more about like who I was and what are, what are my, you know, short and long-term goals. And um, from that, you know, they ended up supporting us um, through a grant. And, and part of that was being able to, uh, you know, show the film in New York, um, in, in their offices and, and brought folks and just had really great, uh, you know, sessions where we would just talk about the film afterwards and get notes, you know, it was, uh, uh, all of that is just really critical. And even if you don't get chosen to go to one of these pitch forums or these retreats, if you're a filmmaker out there, um, you know, find your community, grab people, um, you know, six or seven people, pitch in front of them and, and practice that and try just try to find your story and what what you're trying to say about this film and about the world. That's great advice. And also, I think, you know, folks might not realize that you can attend, like public can generally attend these uh, pitch forums. So if you happen to be in the area or like in one of the cities where good pitch goes, even if your film isn't pitching, you could come to the audience and hear those pitches and hear the feedback and it might help you. I think it's really valuable. I think also seeing people be vulnerable in that way because pitching is a very scary thing um, and seeing how people you know, watching people in different stages of their filmmaking process and careers and do something very brave, um, I think is valuable for all filmmakers to watch. What feedback have you sort of received about your pitches over the years that have helped refine them? Well, I've gotten a lot of advice (laughs) because I've needed it. (laughs) Uh, You know, yeah, you know, it's just finding that community, the folks that you, you know, you, you really trust. I mean, there's a lot of folks that uh, have come out and supported the film, but you know, I can narrow it down to you know five or six people that I would immediately feel really, really comfortable going to and going. Okay, so I have this idea about this scene. Does this make sense? And we just talk it through. It's not a judgmental thing. It's just like let's just talk about it and and what the scene does for the film and and why and um, but yeah, I, you know, there was uh there was one time after one screening we were um, showing the film uh. And we had cut out a number of scenes uh, for different reasons. And, and, and one of my, you know, close, uh, one of the people I, I think I, I just got a lot of advice from said to me, he was like, okay, well, why are you, why are you pulling those scenes? And he was just like, that's not this film. You got to bring the pain, man. I know you have it. You know, so that was, <laughs> that was advice that I really, really needed to hear was, you know, we thought we could, you know, really restrain and, and, and show a lot of restraint on, on these scenes. But when it came down to it, he was right. We had to bring the pain. So, you know, we the film immediately changed after that conversation. I'm curious about <clears throat> feedback you received, not necessarily about the individual projects, but about, like, the art of pitching. Because you have to practice these pitches for these professionals before you go onto the stage. And I guess that's part of the point of doing the labs or the fellowships is to refine your pitch. I think one thing that has kind of been a constant conversation around my pitch in particular has been including my personal background 
And I have with this project because it is my first film and so I kind of need to contextualize like who am I and what am I doing here. But I also feel like just in general in pitching things or trying to work with people, my personal approach is usually to center myself and my unique identity. I think as a black woman, I kind of, it's a strength for me to be really centered in my identity and who I am. And I think that's something that can be hit or miss for people depending on the project, depending on their personal story, depending on their comfort level of sharing that. But Sierra, your point about the lab being this sort of holistic, humanistic experience, I think the pitch can, you know, involve that same kind of tension and how much of yourself you bring into it is really just a personal choice and a choice about, you know, what's going to be best for the pitch. But I always got really positive feedback about that. Um, and it's tough, too. I think what you're saying as well about getting the pitch down, helping you to nail down your story, that's something that, for me, was really, really hard to swallow at first because I kind of went into it thinking this is something totally different. This is the business aspect of it, and I've just got to come up with something to say, and then I'll work on my movie. And in reality, you can't say one thing and do another. You pitch over and over. You refine this idea. When you get back into your edit, you know those ideas are going to carry through. And so now, when I'm developing a project, I start with trying to come up with that one sentence so that I know exactly what it is that I'm even trying to attempt, knowing that it'll change over time and it's flexible. But um, I think that's definitely one thing pitching has taught me. Yeah, no, I, th- I think those are both really great points. I think that as you were talking about your personal involvement, that was something that I was really, and I still like struggle with how much to put myself into. I don't feel like that's my instinct is that I don't belong in that pitch as a individual. And I think I remember being here now that you said it, that was something that they kept coming back to. Like your personality is a big part of what's selling something. And they really encouraged me to just kind of lean into that. And, you know, it's a very different film than yours and my relationship to it is very different. So it's, you know, it's not personal in the same way, but being, letting yourself as a person be reflected in what you're pitching was something they kept returning to. Um, And yeah, that same idea of like, I find that one, that pithy one-liner that feels ridiculous and feels like it's destined for the outside world and has nothing to do with your film. When you're in a mess in the edit room and you're like, what's this film about? And you have the thing that you said, now you've said a hundred times, so you must believe it. And, And a scene's not working and you're like, oh, because it's not about, this scene's not doing the work that it needs to hit this log line and every other scene is. And it there is something really grounding about having that like very simple notion that you can return to. Just to quickly add on to that, I think like when you're lucky too, you have a moment sometimes where something comes through in the footage and you're like, that's my pitch. That I feel like that's rare, but that that has been a really good feeling for me is like when the footage actually does clarify it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not just like, I'm making making something up. Yeah. Sure, I'm pretty sure it's this. That's right. This could work. Yeah. You know, the concept of being able to work in nonfiction and tell a, a, a personal story, you know, a, a story that is meaningful to you as a filmmaker and uh, as, as a person. There are many times where I would film, uh, you know, with, with the family um, and, and, and they would go through these struggles of, of, you know, their relationships with their father and whatnot. Um, and I... I remember filming these moments, and and some of them were quite heavy. And again, driving home and just being hit with a bunch of um, moments from my own life, 
what he's going through in his life right now is so similar to what I'm going through as well. You know, um, I'm 39. You know, he's an old fighter, quote unquote, old fighter. You know, why is he going back in the ring? Why the hell am I trying to be a filmmaker? You know, <laughs> why don't I? Why don't I just go work my my day job? My you know, at a tech company, which is an amazing company. Um, but why why the hell am I doing this? On and 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 I'm away from my family and nights and weekends. Well, I mean, the 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 honest answer is what this guy's going through is there were so many similarities to what I was going through at the time that um, I I had to make this film just to be able to get through, you know, my own life at that point. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, personal stories within nonfiction. I know that's just kind of a weird thing to talk about, but I think at some point you have to to believe and you have to know that what you're making um, is really personal. It's going to be also something that can connect with other people out there. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, we're kidding ourselves if we say, like, we're totally divorced from the subject matter of our films, even if it's not about us, technically. So back to these retreats and fellowships. I thought that was like a very interesting mm-hmm. side road. Um, but uh, I'm wondering, again, like to this idea of they're kind of mysterious, like now we're learning kind of, well, one of the things you got out of it was this ability to talk about yourself, which isn't that easy. Um, but I'm also, I'm wondering kind of, how did the experience differ from your expectations going in for any of these? It's been a few years is the, the hard part. <laughs> I mean, I'll say for coming to Points North, I had never been to Maine before. So just on a basic level, like being a city girl, I'm like, what are these people going to think of me in Maine? I'm probably going to be the only black person in a 50-mile radius. Like I was completely nervous about being in what I saw as a totally foreign environment. And I got here and it was just so positive. The welcome was so warm. Everybody completely connected with me, with my material, with the pitch. Um, and so that was something that I found really surprising. And I think throughout a lot of these retreats, I've just gotten to go to places that I wouldn't otherwise be. I've got to pitch, you know, good pitch was, oh, I forgot that I did good pitch. I don't know if that counts as a fellowship, but it feels very, very blurry. Like they're all about supporting you to get your film done. Um, and so Good Pitch was at the New York Times Center, and it's just like this whole prestigious thing. And then, you know, the Camden Pitch is here in this beautiful old auditorium theater, these gorgeous curtains behind you. I mean, it's you get to visit a lot of different parts of, I think, America that for someone who lives in New York and was born in L.A., I would never have otherwise gotten to see. And I think it puts the storytelling in perspective. I think it encourages you to keep your lens open and to really... Um, hold in your mind what it means to be trying to tell a universal story when you actually get to pitch to and around people who are completely separate from the actual background that you're talking about. Speaking of the personal, um, I think I learned, I didn't realize how much of um, this, you know, the sort of round table or sort of like rotating pitch meetings where you're going from like 10 minute meeting to 10 minute meeting, which I think is a lot of what the majority of, again, I don't know fellowship or not, but the majority of these kind of initiatives in the documentary world involve some form of that where you're going from person to person and, and, and sort of pitching your film. And I didn't expect so much of that to have to do with kind of um, conversational skills and just personal skills, which maybe sounds really sort of dumb and obvious and naive, but realizing that relating to a person um, 
and having a conversation where they don't feel like you're sitting down and you're like, I'm Sierra Pettengill and I'm here to give five, three minutes to do that, you know, and and kind of relating and having a looser conversation was a really crucial way of, of getting support. You know, the same way that people are treating us as holistic humans, like industry is not just a, a brick wall, it's made of people. And I think that's a really, um, that was really valuable for me to learn. But I also think, you know, there's the same pitfalls there as anything else where if there's like a, a cultural gap in a, in a space that's really felt. And so if you're if you're not relating to someone across the table, you're at a disadvantage and that there's an unfair bias that's built into that. So that was something that was good for me to find out because I could use it to my advantage when I wanted to. And also like in the same way that society has this problem, a troubling part of, I think, not to be a downer in this conversation, but there's like a there's a bit of reality in, you know, the, the way that you're relating as a on a one to one basis makes a real difference, and there's there's a lot of barriers to that kind of relating. I think it's interesting too because I draw a link to what Jeff said much earlier about how um, isolating the filmmaking process can be. Like we spend so much time by ourselves thinking about the films in our own heads, and probably many people don't think about the fact that you're going to have to sort of relate on one one-to-one level many times with other people about your film that's been so close to you. So what what do you feel like you sort of learned about navigating those situations now that you've been through a lot of those conversations? Well, I don't know about you guys. I'm actually really curious to find out. I, fi- I found the transition from going to those where you are alone in the edit room. And my film was all archival, so I actually wasn't in the world. You know, we were... I was really in an edit room for three years, you know, there's no, and there's no present tense. And so, and then so going into these situations where you're full, you're getting feedback and you're getting all sorts of voices and support or not support or pushback and, you know, it's a, it's a very active invigorating. The transition to go back to an edit room and then be like, okay, now I institute all those things that all these smart people help me with. There's something, that transition can be a little, I found a little tough to go from isolation to community and then back to isolation. It's kind of a, it was a ping-ponging for several years for me. And there are times where you'll get advice um, and you'll have that aha moment, you know, from uh, someone in the crowd or, or one of the uh, industry folks, uh, and you can apply that directly into into the work. And there are t- some times where, you know, months will pass or a year will pass, and you'll, you'll remember that note, a different note. Um, so it, it all just kind of comes... Um, at different times, I think, in the process. But a lot of it is just like soaking it in and trying to understand, um, first knowing that the, the people giving you notes, they're, they're there to help you, you know? And when pe- I, I, I'm a firm believer in when people stop giving me notes, that's when I know I'm really in trouble, mm. you know? Uh, and so if, if folks are really trying, uh, trying to problem solve with me, I, I, I love it, you know? I, I love taking that feedback um, and, you know, writing it down and choosing, um, what to do with it, you know, um, immediately or later or or just always kind of thinking about um, s- some of that feedback. But, yeah, uh, feedback is great. Just keep taking it. And, and I, I think, you know, some folks out there are probably listening to us and, you know, like, oh, these, these three filmmakers, you know, they've gone to the best retreats and things like that. But the things that we're talking about are the things that you can do right now in your own in, in, in your own uh, community or in your own neighborhood, you know, rallying people up, trying to, sh- you know, show them scenes, show them things that you're trying to work through. And also, you, you know, just the practice to be able to speak in front of people is, 
is uh, is huge. You might have the best project, uh, but if you can't talk about it, um, I'm sorry to say, you know, you, you you need that one-two punch. You really do. You have to have the material, and you have to be able to speak about it and know your film. Um, yeah, which is uh, which, which is all practice. I remember being up there and get, being really nervous because uh, you know this is the first time. I'd ever shown anyone publicly any, any uh, footage, and you know we're still making the film, and and here I am in Camden, Maine, where the you know uh, showing this material and, and showing this trailer that I had just cut, while you know the family, uh, you know uh, the Carmens are back home, uh, living their life, and and seeing posts on Facebook about you know sharing their story. I mean, it's uh, that's a whole other podcast of of things about like just trying to stay on the same page and continue to communicate with the people you're making this film about. You know, that's a, that's a big conversation. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I think um, we may be going, I'm, this is just stuff I'm curious about. Like I found some of what, like the privilege in it um, of being in, the, in all these spaces and being in spaces and being given resources. Um, some there's, that feels comp that often feels complicated to me um, in filmmaking and, and knowing, you know, sort of the gap between kind of where you might be and where other filmmakers might be or the story you're telling and um, that there's a tension, I think. Absolutely. And, you know, when I, th- when I was thinking, I was on stage and wondering, like, why am I nervous about this? And a lot of it was there were more, like, me statements. They're not going to like me. They're not going to like my project. They're not going to like this. And once I figured out that this was a platform that uh, I have uh, to serve others, once I started, uh, once I shifted that from thinking about them not liking me or what I'm about to say, versus here I am, I get a chance to speak about you know um, people that have helped me along the way to, to get me to the point where I am right now, the Carmen family, my family, uh, all the supporters of this film. Here I am. I have an opportunity to speak about them and serve them, and um, that completely transformed my my pitch. Gratitude will get you through every single challenge in life. I firmly believe that. Um, it was, I, I wasn't super nervous pitching just because I have a some experience with public speaking and just I've always kind of done theater and just like found myself in these positions. But um, I agree with Sierra. It's really about making friends and whether they're your funders, whether they're your peers, whoever it is, it's really about making genuine connections. And a lot of these really wonderful organizers of these events are trying to facilitate those types of relationships and everybody gets nice and, you know, loose. And we've got the wine and the cheese and everything. And so, you know, it's, it's good to take advantage of those opportunities. And I think, again, anybody can take advantage of opportunities like that, just knowing that when you're at, you know, when you see a networking event or whatever mixer, just really go in there to try to make genuine connections with people because it's the person that you hit it off with talking about your favorite terrible movie from the 80s that's going to be the one to really support your project, not necessarily the person that you deliver the perfectly timed pitch to. Um, so that's something to keep in mind, and it does, and, and privilege does weigh in, and cultural differences do weigh in. For me, you know, I think for a lot of filmmakers who deal specifically with films about identity politics and, you know, whether they come from those communities or they're outsiders, I think it's tougher when you're an insider. You kind of have to do this really complicated psychological dance where you're speaking as an author 
um, and kind of speaking about these communities in the third person, but there's this elephant in the room that you're in is the fact that you're included in these communities. And, you know, there can be this kind of intellectual speculation about your storytelling that feels really, really personal. And those moments can be really difficult to navigate. Um, And I think that I'm really happy that a lot of the labs have, you know, the fellowships have taken it upon themselves to be clear sort of where they stand with issues and what kind of environment they're trying to create. Um, But I think that people are still working. I've had conversations. I know people are still working on how to create those safe spaces because I think documentary is one of the most powerful ways that we have to have these difficult conversations about identity but how do we make sure that, you know, in the cultivation spaces and the spaces behind the scenes that we're actually modeling, um, you know, the types of arguments we're trying to make in our films into the world. So that was that was something that, you know, has been it's a constant battle. I think whatever space that you go into, I think the documentary space is a really wonderful place to have that challenge because I feel like. I feel like we're kind of like type type A minus B plus people. Like we're like type <laughs> A people who like to work hard and like get really into it, but like maybe don't want to be at a desk all day. Like, you know, not that type A. So it's like really cool, smart, you know, dedicated people that you get to be around. And I think whatever opportunities you have, whether it's a fellowship, whether it's just a one-time event, um, really taking advantage of that, knowing that your fellow filmmakers are going to be like, your lifeline, like, even if it doesn't seem like they can do anything particular for your project, like, the people that I've met, the people that have been in my cohorts, you kind of become a class, honestly, like, you hear how all of us have done some of the same labs, and you sort of get into this track where you start to see, I've seen Jeff at at least three different labs, and you start to be on the same sort of rotation, and then hopefully you're aiming for the same festivals, and you get to kind of watch each other's projects mature, and I think that support system is so, so, so critical. I totally echo that, and I think really thinking about what has been most valuable about all of these, uh, all the programs is kind of what you were saying at the beginning, Jeff, like sitting down at a table and being impressed by filmmakers and being like, okay, someone thinks I belong here. Now I got to step it up. And so that alone being like knowing that anybody believes in my project or, or me enough to be willing to help me and looking at the company that I'm keeping and like that alone, just feeling like somebody thinks that I should be here, that that's a that kind of enough motivation to kind of kick it up a, a step. Yeah. yeah, just to share a little anecdote about my experience at Point North. So Point North, um, <clears throat> it was the, the year that I had come and pitched, and it was after the pitch was over, and it was like late night, one of the last nights, and I'm at this party, you know, hanging out, dancing, drinking, and I was talking to a filmmaker who I just met here at the festival, Malika, and... Um, I like I don't know I got so loose that I like made this confession to her I was like I don't know if I have a film <laughs> and she was like don't worry that's completely normal everybody feels that we way have at some all point. been there yeah, it I was mean. the most life changing just real, like cathartic moment I probably throughout the entire process like just her telling me this is normal because I was terrified I was like how are we gonna yeah. make a film out of this. So, yeah, you keep your friends close. Yeah, no, but it's exactly that idea of like, oh, okay, so I do have a movie. I can't have tricked all these people, you know? <laughs> maybe one. Yeah. Maybe I'm not that good of a pitcher, you know? Like, right. you just have, yeah, it's that's the fear that 
I think on everything I've worked on, there was a moment where you're like, okay, it's a movie. At least it's a movie. It may not be a good movie, but it's a movie. And these... It will have a beginning, middle, and an end. Right. Yes. Right. I love Malika. I know her yeah, from Malika's Film Fatales. Malika's the best. I mean, how many, we must be this the same, is, We could have a great many, moment yeah. where we just shout out Malika. Malika, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, I was going to ask you what was the biggest benefit of having participated. So now I'll ask, what's the biggest benefit outside of the, the cohort, the, the sort of team aspect of it that you get? What do you think is the biggest benefit? If a filmmaker is now listening to this and going, I, I kind of want to do this, what am I going to get out of it? Community, I think. You know, I mean, when I see Sabah, I mean, you know, she's my girl. So we, you know, we always hang out. You know, so we were at the Sundance Lab, and I got a chance to hang out uh, more with Sabah and, and and get to meet Damon, uh, the co-director, and um, and just really connecting, you know, with, with them and 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 staying in touch with them. And then even Damon, um, you know, seeing him do music like while at the lab, and he, this guy was always just creating art. Uh, Damon Davis is a, is a true artistic force of nature, man. Like, I, I just really respect the guy. Um, and so when I went back and, and needed music, uh, you know, to play in the background, I'd reach out to him and said, hey, man, you know, I love your stuff. Do you think you could just write a few pieces that, you know, would, would lead, you know, uh, Joe, the subject of the film, into the cage, you know, as he's about to fight? And he was like, hell yeah. So, I mean, you know, you end up collaborating with with people that uh, you meet along the way. And, uh, yeah, the, the community being able to be around other filmmakers and not feel alone and and feeling like you can go to go to people with even just random things, you know, like that. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think, uh, I think another thing that um, the labs do is they allow, they're basically, like, serving as a translation between you as a filmmaker and, like, the way the business world and the world works and the filmmaking world. And so that I, I think of it that way, like, really translation. And, the, like, the people who are in those positions kind of know that their role is that. And so they're helping you navigate where you're coming from and the world. And I didn't go to film school either. And so I... The other like major benefit I found of these labs is just actually getting to watch other people work and other filmmakers work and other editors work and just being able to really just literally watch other people um, doing what they're doing. Mm, so. so it's like a sense of other people's process. Yeah, I mean, and that that's the stuff that's most inspiring to me is you know, and even helping someone in a tiny way problem solve something, you're like, oh, that, okay, so that's how my mind works. And you just get a lot of kind of self-awareness, I think, in, in being able to witness other people's work. Jeff, you didn't go to film school either, did you? Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, I mean, this, this table's 0 for 3 on yeah. the film school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, woo! <laughs> that's, like, very exciting. Yeah. Congratulations, but, everyone. We're, uh, we're yeah. 4 yeah. for, we're 0 for 4, just for the record. <laughs> yeah. 0 for 4, yeah. <laughs> I would say the mentorship um, I have been able to develop some really, really incredible relationships with people who have been working in this industry for decades and people who I can text and call and email when I have a question. And that is just, you know, for someone who didn't go to film school, like that's really such a huge, huge resource. And so I'm thankful to everyone who has been so generous with their wisdom and, you know, responded to any of my freak out text <laughs> messages. But it does feel really good. You feel really held when you have somebody like a Carol Dysinger or Yvonne Welbon who, like, you can just reach out to and they're going to respond. It's it's nice. When I uh, 
was invited to the retreat here, uh, getting to connect with some of the mentors uh, were amazing. Andrea Medich was uh, one of the producing mentors, and she ended up being the executive producer on our film, uh, and and then got invited to pitch here at the Points North um, Forum, and uh, in the audience was David Teague, who is an incredible editor, um, who's just an, an amazing storyteller, amazing filmmaker. Afterwards, after the pitch, um, he came up to me and just said, you know, I don't really know what you got going on with the with the edit, uh, but let's talk. Um, you know, your film looks really amazing. I'd, I'd love to be a part of it. And just being like, wow, holy cow, that's, that's really great. And, and he's cut some of the, you know, some of my favorite films of all time. So Cutie in the Boxer being one of them. Uh, love that film. Um, and yeah, so, you know, just seeing how, just kind of tracking back, you know, how I got here. Here we are two years later and, I'm able to show my film later on tonight. Um, uh, you know, if I were to remove, like I was telling you earlier, uh, Liz, uh, if I were to remove the experience of, of Points North and Camden and all these folks um, here, uh, I could probably still be working on the film right now. It probably wouldn't be done. I mean, that that is a true statement. I mean, if you look at the people that have come on board to, to help finish this project and make this, uh, a lot of it has just come from here, so. Thank you. Thank you, Camden. Camden was the first pitch, and we're screening here. The first pitch we did, and we're screening here Sunday. And I think just having a through line like that, all the way, like a backbone, basically, to the film, that is, yeah, I can't I can't imagine having made it through this process without that. Also, uh, Josh Braun was, um, you know, the sales agent that was kind of there at the, at the retreat to talk about what it's like to sell a film and all this and what's that process. And yeah, he ended up becoming our sales agent as well. So yeah, it just keeps going. I mean, I could talk about all the connections that, uh, that Camden and Points North and all these folks out here have helped me um, and the film, you know, get finished and made. Um, so final question. If uh, our listeners are lucky enough to have been accepted to one of these programs and they haven't been yet, what would you suggest in terms of sort of preparing emotionally or, or practically? Flu shot. That's always my advice. For <laughs> I just I get sick every time I do any of these because the the sort of stress and the um, lack of sleep and anticipation and stuff. I mean, sorry, that's I'm half joking, but I really do mean that. Everyone should get a flu shot. <laughs> kidding, not kidding. Just being yourself and and uh, not trying to be someone else. You know, on that stage where you have where you think you have expectations about what they want to hear, um, you know, just being able to really uh, express why this film is important to you on a, on a very personal level um, and what that means. And I think when, when you're able to do that, um, whatever you say, I think it just kind of that comes through, that honesty, that emotional honesty comes through. Um, when you're trying to be someone else, um, you generally, the pitch would be terrible and you generally would make probably not the film that you hope to make. Um, uh, yeah, and I think when only when you're able to tell really kind of like personal stories, wh- whatever they may be on, on whatever level, but you have to be able to connect with the material. And if you're not truly personally connecting with the material, then, then what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? Um, so yeah, I, I guess my advice would be just really, um, it's more, I guess, more self-reflective, <laughs> trying to understand why this film is important and why you feel uh, so connected to it and why you think those those themes in your film will connect with uh, audience members out there. I think my serious answer is uh, 
is actually just try to make yourself as open to the experience you're in because it's hard when you've been working on something alone to go into a room full of people with opinions who are going to tell you what to do. And I think it is really hard to, to shift between those isolated and communal way of filmmaking. And um, But I think the, you benefit the most when you're you're really receptive to what people are telling you and not have your defenses up too high while maintaining your yeah, dedication to who you are and what it is that you're drawn to, but but really being open to the experience that you're in. Come with your intention set for what you want to get out of it and still be open to everything that's there. But if it's a pitch where there's going to be money on the line, know exactly how much money you want. If there's going to be the opportunity for collaboration, know exactly who you want, what you want them to do. If it's information, know what you want to learn. Because I find they can be overwhelming. Like there can just be a lot thrown at you. So if you have those kind of specific goals, I think it's more likely that you'll come out of it at the end having achieved those things. And the thing I would say is similar to what you said, just like really show up. Like, I don't know, I'm kind of an introverted person, kind of a loner. Like I really love people, but then also I like, I'm really protective of that, my territory and my solitary space. But I found that I've had the best experience when I just kind of try to let go of all of that ego, any fear I have, you know, your project is not going to get taken over, it's not going to get altered, it's not going to, even if it feels really rough in the moment, like it's, you know, you're it's safe. And I think just trying to cultivate that mental feeling that it's safe, it's okay, and allow yourself that space to be in community with people can be hard. No, absolutely. I think the thing I have always have to tell myself is like, you can always go back to the thing you brought to the lab. Like that sits there. It's still waiting for you. You can't ruin your movie. You know, you can like break it open and it, and it could not work. But like the version that you already had is already, it's still there. You know, there's, there's no harm in, in like taking a risk and seeing if something works. Yeah. And most, and, and, you know, throughout this process, we've had to break this film in order to see how it was working and how it needed to work. We had to do things that we didn't necessarily think originally were right. We had to take notes to just see. And that has been one of my biggest lessons, actually, from one of my mentors was, just just do it like at a certain point, especially as you get later in the edit, you're trying to work things out in your mind and on paper when you need to just be taking risks and moving the footage around. Um, that's a little tangential, but yeah, important. No. Relevant, <laughs> yeah. You'll get a lot of notes and you'll get a lot of great notes. And, you know, my before doing documentary films, I was I was an artist and, uh, you know, as a as an as a uh, digital artist, you know, you just get tons and tons of notes constantly um and so you, you you know i've kind of been trained to you know say thank you sir may I have another you know um <laughs> and and what i just try to do is just try to write all those notes down but you know um keep those but also um one thing i would like to say you know that i didn't say earlier was you know there is you you know what you're, you're trying to say in this film you know really take those notes in res- uh, respect them um, respect that feedback, but don't ever forget to listen to your own voice. Well, what a perfect note to end on. This has been fascinating. Thank you all so much. Thank and you for making us, uh, having us go down this road. It was Thank really, you so yeah. much. Thank yeah. you. And thank you guys both for a great combo. Yeah. Thank you for listening. We regularly post about these opportunities and their application deadlines on nofilmschool.com. You can also hear lots of other fascinating conversations on the art of filmmaking by finding the No Film School podcast in iTunes. Make sure to subscribe there or on your favorite podcast app 
so you can catch our Indie Film Weekly News Show, which comes out every Thursday morning and fills you in on everything you might have missed when you were busy making films. Meanwhile, stay in touch. You can reach me on Twitter at LizFilm, and we are on Twitter at No Film School. See you on Thursday.